and we are back another episode Woo! yeah here we go uh so on the long weekend i had one of our mates up from cronulla mr kyle reed uh who's been through a lot been in the rehab twice doing great things with himself these days uh that's actually where mark met met kyle and that's how i met kyle was through mark uh so we wanted to do a podcast for a long time and it just never aligned to our schedules um but recently about a month ago i went up to nimbin to the mardi gras weed festival free the weed they say um and then on the way back we just discussed it and we thought we'd tee it up and organize a organize a time and and sit down and have a chat with him and see what he's doing and how he overcome his demons and his dark times and how he's on to bigger and better things so hope you guys enjoy this podcast and yeah shout out kyle cheers bro let's go let's get ready to rumble today is your day allow me to introduce myself top deck top deck top deck the top deck podcast now leave your brain stimulated (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's happening. It is happening. Welcome, sir, Mr. Oh, Kyle Reed. Uh, we got a potty happening. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for having me, man. Nah, thanks for coming up from Cronulla. Appreciate it. It's um, it's been a long time coming. I mean, we have caught up a few times, you know, um, and tried to organise it. We did even uh, head all the way up north to uh, catch up with a couple of the boys and and do a trip and and do a couple of potties while we're up there. But you know, I fucked up and I didn't bring the power cord with us. So. One job. One job. I oh, know. Apologies for that. Anyway. Well, you didn't take a cable, did you? No. No, I, um, yeah, I left it plugged in here behind the lounge. And you let the whole crew down. Everyone. <laughs> Chapo, <laughs> the Greens MP, if yeah. we're going to chat with her. So, oh, well, That's it is right. what it is. So. Glad I'm here. Yeah, we got here. So, Thanks, had a wonderful dip this morning. Yeah. In the, uh, Merry weather. Put it on for us. It did, man. Beautiful sunrise, calm, calm ocean, and, um, that's what people don't realise, how warm the ocean is. It's it's, it's steaming like a jacuzzi. <laughs> oh, geez. I don't know what jacuzzis you go into. It was warm. Like, it was, what, like, probably 17, 18 degrees. But, um, yeah, definitely warmer in than out. Like, yeah, like you said just before, you know, as soon yeah. as you get out, you just want to get those clothes on. So, But, anyway, we're here. We're refreshed after that. And, how exciting. And let's, uh, let's get into a bit of a chat, man. So, um... I guess I I met you through Marcus. You guys met, um, and we'll touch on that a bit later on. But I guess we'll get a bit of your your back backstory, um, sort of where you grew up, where you came from, and yeah, man. So where 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 were you brought up? Born in Bankstown. Born and raised in Bankstown. Um, Doggies. Got two older brothers. Um, younger sister. Yep. Um, pretty close family. Um, yeah, but born and raised in Bankstown, doggy supporter through and through. Still, yeah, it's I don't, tough. It's been a few tough years. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, grew up there until I was about sixteen. Yeah, um, got the opportunity to go to high school and um, in the United States. Yeah, nice. Uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, okay. Um, How did that come about? Um, I love basketball, and I was. I was okay at it. Yeah. I played representative basketball. Um, and you just, you put tapes out. But I was lucky enough to have my brother who was five years older than me. Mm-hmm. He was one of the first to go to college. Yeah, High okay. school and college. Yep. So, um, he opened up a pathway. 
for me. And had an understanding of how it how it worked and how you could get seen. Yeah, yeah. Great experience. Yeah, okay. Americans are, Americans are beautiful people. America's a beautiful country. And they treat Aussies like they're adopted child. Yeah, right. Amazing. So how... So was it through, like, videos of yourself playing basketball that that made its way over there that they got you found and then yeah. you got scouted? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So do they scout much in Australia at all? Or? Um, only the top tier, only the elite. Yeah, um, okay. It's very hard to get over there if you're mediocre. Yep. Or um, you don't come from a program that's well-known. Yep. Um, if you sell yourself quite well, you can get over there. Yeah, you okay. have to be reasonably good. But the school system in, over there is massive. There's so many people in the country. Yeah. Um, and it's such a huge sport, mainstream sport over there. I yeah. guess it is. You have yeah. to be quite yeah. quite up there on, yeah. a, on a pretty good level. Yeah. Yeah, okay. But they really invest in their athletes. Um, the facilities are amazing. Um, everything's within the school system. Yep. You don't have to go play for your club. You don't have to go play different associations and your school everything's in the school yeah right yeah and um so which school was this that you went to i went to DeSales high school yeah um in louisville kentucky um kentucky that was a really they got school. a heavy accent over there oh man they they slowed me right down yeah when i came back my sister always made fun of me because i lost my o like no no <laughs> oh they drag it yeah they drag it yeah, like, yeah. we talk way too quick for them so <clears throat> Did you start like what what year over there in high school? No, I went when I was um, I just turned seventeen, mm -hmm. so halfway through year eleven. Yeah, okay. So the back end. Yeah, my old man was with me for a week, and mm -hmm. then went back home. Tapped you on the back, said good luck. Yeah, and the closest person to me was my brother in uh, South Carolina, which is roughly how far if you were to compare it here in Australia. Um, probably Airs Rock to like. Queensland? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So he was, yep. On the, he was on the same continent. Yeah. <laughs> Just um, a bit more than a stone throw away. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So what's their version of the HSC over there? Um, Obviously, you sort of, you when you got there in year 11, yeah. you sort of rolled into having to do these. It's either a SAT or SAT. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, they're there. You got to get a minimum score to get in college. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the schooling system over there is quite simple and easy. Yeah. It's good. And and with that, did you have opportunities to go to different colleges yeah. when you sat the sat? Yeah, but I didn't. I didn't sell myself that well, and I should have played in the preseason in, in the AAU tournaments. Yep. So I came on good late in my high school career over there. Mm -hmm. Took me a little bit to settle. Um, different structure of game too. Yeah, it's really intense. Mm -hmm. Um. The level of competition is really high. Yep. Um, which is a bit different um, for Australian basketball, unless you go to the AIS or um, play at a high level program, but there's not much good, good competition over here. Yeah, okay. Um, it's rampant over there. Everyone's rampant. the next best thing. Yeah. Um, and you're coming up against someone that's a top prospect or... Um, a lot of pressure. Absolutely. On them and yourself. Yeah, big time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, like, college over there, is it very similar to what you see in movies and that sort of thing? It's exactly like that. Exactly like it? Yeah. Yeah, right. It runs very social. Um, there's the jock. All of them. Yeah? There's the cheerleaders, there's the baseball team. Really? The basketball team, yeah. There you That's go. exactly like the movies. 
Yeah. Yeah. How'd you fit in? Um, Being an Aussie. Everyone loves Aussies. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. Um, it's a really good thing to experience when you go overseas, and how humbling it is when people treat you with um, a level of understanding. Mm-hmm. They want to understand you? Is there a simple intrigue to us? There's not much to us, but we're we're quite jovial and we're a bunch of larrikins. We're always ready for a good time. We're ex crims, man. Yeah, <laughs> that's bunch, what we are. A bunch of convicts just trying to send it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new word at the moment, isn't it? Send 100%. it. Yeah, nice. So, I was, um, I was very lucky to go there. Yeah, um, my dad gave me that opportunity mm-hmm. um, to help me get over there, and obviously pay for me to live and go to school over there. And yeah. well, it wouldn't really, have been cheap. Really grateful for that. Yeah, nice, nice. So, you had to pay your way through college, or was it on a like a scholarship? No, there was scholarships there. Yep. Um, but just living expenses and... And all that sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. And how long, like how many years of college did you do? What did you study? In total, um, in total, I was there for about three years. Yep. Um, in, I, I was studying general studies. Man, we, I never knew what I wanted to learn for the longest time, up until like a year or two ago. Yeah. Um, Some people are still struggling. Yeah. So... It's funny that it's funny how some people have a clear path straight from the get-go yeah. and others take many years to find their identity and what their calling is Absolutely. Mm, it's very yeah it's very strange how that works but yeah. you know we all find our way eventually right <laughs> yeah 35 kind of finally finally found my way a bit so. yeah um yeah and how'd you do in in college basketball over there um that was hard because i went to a junior college yep um it's more cutthroat yeah okay um, um, there's a lot of players there. You'll have 18 to 20 players on a team. Um, it's even cut through scrimmages, trainings, because you, you want to make the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will do anything to make the team. Anything? Yeah. Anything? Almost. Sabotage, you reckon? Almost anything. I don't know. I thought you are sort of alluding to that. A bit <laughs> of sabotage here and there, you reckon? Possibly. Um, no, nah, just feistiness on the court. Mm-hmm. Just over-competitiveness. Um, definitely a different environment to like a normal school where you can have 12 players 14 players yeah okay um, practice squad um, oh, interesting interesting guess i'm diving a bit deep on the basketball side of things too is because we just had a couple of games of 2k on the playstation before we jumped on the mic so i was wondering why you're asking me all these questions yeah well you know it's just yeah i should have saw that coming yeah of course yeah. yeah when i school you there i just want to learn more over here Mate, me letting you win, I couldn't slap, <laughs> I couldn't slap that smile off your face. Oh, yeah, it'll be hanging around all long weekend, for sure, for sure. Uh, and um, we went out last night for uh, for um, you know for dinner um, in town, and um, question was asked to you about uh, did you find love over there? And I did. Yeah. Yeah. A version of love. A version love. of love. Whole love. Young love. Yeah, love. Young, young love. love. Yeah. yeah. Love. Mm. Um, yeah, my first real girlfriend at a <laughs> mature level. I think I had a, a girlfriend in year three. Would hold hands. So this was their first um, mature. Yeah, actual kissing girlfriend. Yes, intimacy. Yes, intimate relationship. And it was amazing. It was awesome. Yep. Um, that whole experience was amazing. I learned a lot. Yeah, definitely, um, and um. You said that she she actually came back to Australia with you. Yeah, I was lucky enough. Big move for her. Massive. 18, 19 years old. Going to another country to live. 
coming to Australia. We got her a visa, came out here to work. Um, and shit just got real. As it does. Yep. Bought a house. Became a workaholic. Did all the things I needed to do to try and keep everyone else happy. Except yourself. Yeah. Yep. And how'd that end up? Um, two psych hospital visits. Criminal charges. So it led you on a bad Multiple path. addiction. So it led you on a very big downward spiral. For a long time, I was an escape artist. Just avoided my reality. I've always been highly sensitive in life. And what I mean by sensitive, I've just been sensitive to um, other people's emotions. Very empathetic. Um, so you react to what? Um, for a long time, I avoided and denied mm-hmm. um, how I felt, how I was, what I needed, how to get my needs met. Um, yeah, and you just search for it externally through people, places, or things, or substance. Um, you know, these short-term pleasures of, of connection. And it's... Unhealthy. It consumes you. Yeah? Yeah. In which way? I had my first pill at a festival when I was like 21. Mm-hmm. First time I did a drug. And I can remember it to this day. It was my first sunrise. You know, like that feeling like it's the best thing I've ever felt in my life. Mm-hmm. Looking back, that experience taught me there was a gaping hole inside of me mm-hmm. and that drug fixed it for that day. That was the best day of my life. Then what? Then you needed to do it again. I chased it. Mm-hmm. Then the pills ran out. I started doing cocaine. Gambling. And eventually got to ice. I was on the pipe. It's a very heavy substance. Yeah. Once Controlling time, substance. Just needed something to fill my void. Mm-hmm. Keep that high. Yeah. Um, self-regulate. Whatever I, whatever I was going through week to week, month to month. The only way I knew how to regulate myself emotionally, spiritually and mentally was to, one of my addictions. Whether it was me being a workaholic Steaming myself through um, overcommitting myself to work and the people that work for me. All the other addictions. Meth, gambling, very like, very quick fixes. So what, you just didn't like reality? Um, oh... Or was it the... In the, in the end. Uh, it's sickness is... Anything's, anything needs momentum. So a sickness evolves and gets worse with remen- momentum. Yep. And you, go, you don't get sick overnight. Mm-hmm. And you don't get better overnight. Sort of like that tumbleweed effect. Yeah. As it tumbles down and down, it grows and grows and grows. Yeah. But I, I ended up being really miserable. Mm-hmm isolating um people wouldn't see me for days or weeks i wouldn't answer my family's calls i put them through a lot um what 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 do you what was your feeling like when i when you would see your phone ring with your parents you know coming up on your phone 
what was that initial like thought that went through your, the, your process that went through your head to not want to answer that? Well, if I let myself feel when those things happen, it's like this ocean of shame. Yep. And you drown quickly. So then mind takes over. It protects you from feeling those horrible emotions. So ego. Mm-hmm. It just runs with the story. So for so long, I was jailed in my head. I was nothing more than my mind. And it was a horrible experience. And enough where it almost took me out. Yeah. I convinced myself that I love my family so much and all the people around me. It would just be better if I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if I wanted to die. I know I didn't want to live. But you don't know whether you wanted to die. That's a saying that you hear, right, from victim, oh, well, from people that have gone to take their own life and survive mm. instant regret, yeah. whether it's the moment they walked off a cliff or, or whatever they did. Yeah, it's mm. it, that instant regret. I think I seen a, a video on YouTube where a, a gentleman had, had gone to shoot himself in the head and he now he has one eye and he goes around and does all these speeches to mm. schools and everything for, like that for mental health. And, um, yeah, instant, instant regret. Absolutely. And that's the progression of sickness. Yep. And the illusion of those false beliefs about self, about the world, about my worldview, about the people around me and what they think of me. But it all is a reflection of how I believe and who I am. So at the time... You know, my, my inner critic, my inner voice was just putrid. And the things I'd say to myself were just not okay. So if I'm telling my, myself these things, what do you think my perception of other people? Um, Tenfold. Perception of me? And it's just very consuming. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more I fought, the more I fought um, to try and live, it got worse. I became very self-righteous and egotistical. All in, a, all in the desperation to survive. Who would have thought it was surrender? To everything. And when, I started get, when I started to get help, people kept talking about surrendering. Like, that's death. Like, I've been fighting my whole life and I've gotten to this point. You're going to tell me it's the opposite? got to surrender i got to let go wow do you feel as humans we have that thing inside us that wants to control the outcome control everything um yeah because control gives us certainty yes so we're playing it gives us the outcome we want if we can control it absolutely and and then the natural instinct and the um automatic behavior is usually from a place of power if I come from a place of power and control, it gives me a level of certainty. Yep. So the unnatural act is to surrender. Meditation, self-care, spirituality, you know, you know nature. Powerful thing, nature. Mm. You know, look. And way more powerful than me. That's what I call my higher power. So... To get me out of that state of being egotistical, self-righteous, mm-hmm. expectations and, and that power and the control and not being more than your mind, 
the more I connect with the power greater than me. Um, Whether that's swimming in the ocean in the mornings, yeah. sitting there watching a sunrise, Absolutely. a hike, yeah. whatever that may be. Yeah, it just helps me stay in my body mm -hmm. and stay stay out of the penthouse. The penthouse. Got to stay out of the penthouse. Yeah, don't get off at the penthouse. Penthouse for everyone listening is the mind, the head, the head, the noise, the noggin, mm. um, the idea chainer, the never-ending thought bubble. How do you go slowing that down and eliminating and staying out of that? It's a constant fight. Um, I definitely wouldn't use the word fight. It's a, it's a definitely an exercise. Yeah. Um, and we all get triggered. I get triggered all day, every day, mm -hmm. hanging out with different people. All the things that come across my way in relation to social media, to, you know, there's noise all the time, whether it's the radio, podcasts, audio books, talking to people, how many people we interact with all day. There's so many triggers and we're unaware of how much we get triggered each day. That's the scary thing. So for me, it's a daily reprieve. Yep. I need to get my mornings right. Like we went for a swim this morning. It was the best. It's beautiful. It just warms my heart. It's a bit cold on the toes, but yeah, other than that, right. it was beautiful. Yeah, but that feeds my crazy. You know, when I'm walking down there in my budgies, everyone's up at the sunrise spot. Rugged up Rugged to up. the max. Yeah, big time. Mm -hmm. um, I've got to keep my crazy fit and do little things like that each day. Yep. Um, to keep me grounded me yeah i see so when you you were talking about before you didn't really want to live but you didn't want to die yeah actually which I, did, I didn't know how to live so how did you choose to stay on this earth and and not go down the opposite way um the biggest thing is the unconditional love from my family yep um the pain it would cause yeah, but they, they never stopped trying to help. God bless them. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm lucky to have, you know, five in my family, but a lot of cousins as well. Um, you know, when I was ready to ask for help, they were right there, man. They were right there. If my dad didn't answer that phone call that day, I don't know if I'd be here. Yep. It's but powerful. He was looking for me. He was looking for you? Yeah. And where were you? Man, I was wandering the streets. I had a bit of money. I needed to get more to pay something back. And I was gambling to try and win money. That was my best solution at the time. Yep. And I justified it. This was my justification at the time. If I don't win the money back, I'll just kill myself. It's a heavy justification. Um very desperate um looking back it's quite shocking and scary mm -hmm. um how quickly and over time it over time it got really bad but like at the end it got really bad quick and it was a really slippery slope and i was just trying my best to hide it and when you're in it you're not aware of how bad it is are you um no nah, because you keep up with the narrative to everyone that you're okay yes. i'm good thanks you yep yeah. Um, the unthought response. Yeah, just the automated response. 
two things we don't know learn. We don't know how to express ourselves in general in a society. But the other thing is we actually don't know how to listen. When was the last time someone, when you're talking to them, said, how can I support you? I support you. I hear you. I understand. Oh, I can't say I've ever heard them in one it's crazy. In one conversation. So no. is anyone ever listening? I think people are, are listening. There's, you know, I think from, well, it's very rare, I should say, that um, I think from doing a podcast, um, I now have probably more awareness around listening more. Yeah. Um, and actually, I, I thought about this when I was having a shower. It might have been yesterday morning, actually. Um, like, I've noticed now, like, I'll ask, oh, sorry, can you repeat what you said? Because I'm focused on one thing. So if someone else says something, back in, before I was probably doing a podcast, I would be able to listen to both. Yeah. Oh, sorry, not listen. I would be able to hear both yeah. and I would respond, but I wasn't actually listening. Now, when someone's talking, I'm focused on what they're saying. Yeah. And if someone starts talking and asking something, I don't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll have to ask them to repeat it once that other person is actually finished and I finish listening to them, yeah. actively listening to them. Yeah. Yeah. I caught myself actually thinking about that in the shower. Yeah. And it's, um, people would think it's easy, but it's not easy. Yeah. Because everyone has, they want to relate, they want to respond. And yeah. So you, well, you're a good listener to yourself in the shower? Having a conversation with yourself? Obviously, because <laughs> I'm now repeating it. Uh, you came to an understanding with yourself. I did, yeah. yeah. We all have those moments, whether it's the toilet, the shower, yeah. the drive to work, the commute yeah. to work. So Modern day solitude. Yeah. Time and space. Yeah. yeah. So that was my little epiphany uh, yesterday morning. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. <laughs> so, and um, so when your dad called you? I called him, he picked up. Yep. Buckled, man, I just need help. Um, and he come and grabbed you? Yeah, man. Um, and then we sorted out to um, get me some help. Um, and I needed to go somewhere. And I got, a place got recommended to me, which was South Pacific Private at Coco mm -hmm. um, in Manly. And they treat not just addiction, but all the underlying issues to addiction. And they teach you about dysfunctional family. They teach you about your trauma. Um you got group therapy, you got psychotherapy, you do inner, inner child work. Um, but more importantly, they get you from your head to your heart and they get you to talk in a way where you can express yourself emotionally um, and effectively. Um, you learn boundaries for the first time in your life. Um, you learn how to stay in your own lane. You learn about the codependency, caring so much about other people with a total neglect for yourself. That codependency is a massive issue. Huge. Um, and it's usually passed down um, from generation to generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So psychotherapy, mm. what's in, you know, what's this about? What What is the yeah. program? What are the, the things that they do in this? Oh, it's amazing. So you have to go through the program for two weeks yep. and show that you can actually regulate and and you can you're stable because psychotherapy is very intense yep and for a first time like me my first experience it's, it was called changes and you're in there with about seven or eight other people 
and a psychotherapist. And you got to do a bit of homework. Um, you got to do a bit of homework, but you, you go through a couple of different processes um, in the room together and you support each other energy-wise and you go back and visit your trauma. Um, for me, this experience of going to SPP was the first time ever I've told my story. Um, to Owned my, it. To myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and to other humans yep you know in group therapy we did it i'll get back to the psychotherapy in a sec but you're like you're in group therapy and you go and you have your timeline you you're talking and for the first time one of the first the first process is a timeline of zero to 20 and for the first time i mapped out my life and what affected me it was quite interesting because you put down the good things and the bad things and for the first time in my life I remember going back to my room and doing the homework because I had it the next day. I started writing and the first three or four things were really easy and then I started remembering stuff. I think I cried for like six hours. Wow. Um, Pretty powerful. Yeah, obviously on and off. Um, And finally, I was starting to release all these suppressed emotions that I've had my whole life. Yep. Um, And then you go into the group therapy the next day and... And you're bawling your eyes out, expressing your story from zero to 20 um, for the first time in your life yep. to people. And at the end, people share their feedback with you. And they validate your feelings. They're angry. There's love. There's pain. You know, um, they're supportive. They listen. I felt heard. Yep. Um, so with this, with this homework, this exercise, mm. is there an actual? Like what? What is the exercise called? Like, is there a way to to get the template for this exercise offline? Like, yep. if you know, if there is people here listening, yep. um, you know, is there a way for them to Google what this exercise is called so then yep. they can, yeah, if they wanted to do this exercise at you home definitely do it yourself yep you just get a piece of paper and just go zero to 20 and mm-hmm. just draw a line yeah um you know if you if there's any adverse childhood experience if there's if there's trauma i would definitely high and highly recommend to do it with a, a professional yep um so they can help guide you so you don't end up you know going all crazy um you know, a lot of us doing that exercise for the first time in our life is is quite emotional. Um, you know, how often do we look at our life as a big picture? Very and rarely. The, and all the causes and effects that happen that, are, that got me to that point. And I finally understand why. Why I chose to do these things. Because none of it made sense to me. Why do I do this? I just did it. And I needed to do it. But telling my timeline and owning my story and speaking my truth for the first time in my life. Because I learned to be incredibly dishonest yeah. with myself, with the world around me. And for the first time I was completely honest and open. And what was the why? Um, good question. There was accumulation of things. So if I go through my timeline, 
you know, from five years old, my parents got divorced. Um, and I was this hypersensitive kid. I remember my life changed and I just started noticing people around me. You know, my mum tells me 12 months after that, I asked her one night when I was going to bed if the reason Dad's not here is because of me. So at age six, I felt like I was responsible. Um, and then you, then you look at a few dysfunctional things that happened between my mother and father. And what's interesting in that divorce and them trying to be with their kids that they love but they just didn't get along. Took a toll and me and my sister probably the most. Um, she's a bit younger than me. My older brothers have dealt with it. Yep. Um, I guess better than us. I guess when we are kids, right, <clears throat> you, you watch TV shows and there's mm. the romance shows mm. um, and, you know, you think mum and dad, mum and dad, like, you know, mm. you don't think there's any sort of chance that they go off and you know they remarry or they do whatever like you yeah. just think it's everything's a happy little bubble a happy little family and that sort of thing so yeah yeah, yeah. when you when you got to try and you know it's easy to understand now as an adult as yeah. you, when you go through the process of life that you know yeah. sometimes relationships fade out um people don't put the work in they don't communicate enough or they just simply you know, over many years, because people change, you know, we all go on to different paths and then paths might not align with each other and, you know, and they just separate, um, you know, on good terms and they go about their, the rest of their life how they want to go about it. And um, yeah. But as a kid, you just don't have that understanding. You haven't gone through the processes of life to, yeah. to understand all that. So yeah, it's pretty tough on a kid. Absolutely. And the kid doesn't stop loving its parents. No. It stops loving itself. Um and thinking what's wrong with me. Um, structure is so important in the developmental years. Um, structure, safety, unconditional love. Um, allow a child to explore. Um, yeah, that experience affected me a lot. Um, when I was a little bit older, I was an adolescent. Um, I went through sexual abuse. Uh, that that was killer. At the time, it wasn't that bad. I didn't know any better. I kind of got conditioned um, to like it, to be secretive. Um, but I wasn't emotionally an adolescent. I was a lot younger. Yep. But I'm a big guy, six foot four, hundred kilos. I was always a big kid, so. My body was always, looks like I was a lot older than what I was. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, but that robbed me. Robbed me of a lot. And I didn't realise. Um, I didn't actually know I was to this um, damaging degree until I was older. Until I was in psych hospital. Um, and to own it in front of people for the first time was so liberating and freeing powerful well i got my power back i wasn't crippled by someone else's sickness do you feel like when you you own it and you you, you discuss this in that open forum in that group yeah. group therapy that it sort of 
you're writing it down, you're bringing it right up and then you're delivering it, which is getting it out of the soul. Like you're just delivering it out and out yeah. to the open and freeing yourself from it. Is that the feeling you get? It's like, I always say tears water the soul. You know, it's this, this beautiful spirit inside of you and it needs the liberation of those suppressed emotions and the only way to do that is to follow your tears. You know, at the time, I wasn't following my tears um, because there were so many of them. Um, I had a lifelong I was in there when I was like what, 32 31, 32 yep. um, so freeing that becoming of that liberation of self where you can actually start owning your story and you actually start finding out who you are fucking gold it's like Very finding a gold mine place. and everything's within nothing to do with anyone else with anyone else with any external you know car house whatever it is it's it's yeah. it's none of that no it's all um yeah yeah it's all um owning it and i'm all pumped up i was excited when i was at spp yeah meet some cool people it's very strict yeah no yeah. phones yep no sugar mm -hmm. no tv no working out um, no working out. Yeah, right. Just you, your mind, and your feelings. So pretty much el eliminate stimulants. Yeah. You know, from ex like exercising yep. is a stimulant. And, and to escape yourself. Yep. But I think the best thing too, apart from the the people and the therapists and the psychotherapists and the people that run the hospital, which is an amazing place, I think we should all we should all go there. It's to people. Mm -hmm. And you hear stories that are horrific, and you're actually happy with your experience. Um, it gave me perception and allowed me to be compassionate towards others and actually show support and actually get off my self-obsession. Um, I was shackled to this false belief of myself because I was a victim and I didn't realise it. And that's why I had such a big ego. I was so sarcastic, so quick-witted. Um, You're describing me there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there was this really nice guy inside of me. Yeah, I see. But a real spiritual person. And I always had an inkling of hope that that person could come to light. And that's why, I, like I said before, I don't think I ever wanted to really kill myself. But I didn't know how to live. Um but meeting the people and hearing their stories, um, it's a very special thing to experience. Yep. And getting back to the psychotherapy, after two weeks of these timeline processes and a, a few others, workshops and NA meetings, 12-step meetings. And Have you done your 12 steps? No, I haven't finished them. Mm -hmm. um, but this psychotherapy, you get seven people, eight people in a room, They put you in a chair and the psychotherapist meditates you into a state of really a deep relaxation. And they guide you back to little Kyle, your inner child, when you're like three to five years old. And it's very vivid. It's like you're watching your own TV show in your mind and he's guiding you. 
they ask you for the safest place you've ever been. It was for me, it was always my mum floating me in the water. It was the most spiritual experience. If I had a headache, she would drop the groceries, put a kini on, we'd get in the pool. And she would naturally take rid of my headache. So me, the safest place I've ever been was, is in the ocean, just laying in the water outside the wave break. They ask you what's your internal boundary. Um, mine is sacred sand, so no one's allowed on the beach. And there's an external boundary, which is dolphins. So I'm protected. That's my safe space. So once you obtain your safe space, they guide you to go find little Kyle. And this is one of the most emotional experiences I've had in my life. Because you go find your little, your little self where I vividly disconnected from myself when I was five, six years old. And for the first time in my life, I'm reacquainting myself and allowing myself to have a relationship with myself. Um, and so the therapist would say, what do you got to say to him? You know, and you just break down crying. You know, I love you, I shouldn't have left you. Um, I'll never leave you again. What does little Carl have to say? Don't leave me again. But I forgive you. And you have this deep, profound experience with yourself. This deep intimacy. This love, this vulnerability. Everything that you want in other humans, you just obtained it with yourself in the first little process. And then they go, hold his hand. Who do you want to go see first? I go see my dad. Go see my mum. Go see my abuser. And for the first time in my life, with my inner child, I'm handing back my shame and my guilt. And I'm owning my power. And what's not mine? And what is mine? And knowing the difference. What was amazing that day was I was completely exhausted. Got out of this process, profusely sweating. Cried my eyes out. And then you hear that these other people that had these horrific experiences and, they, and they're visiting their trauma. And it's very violent. And it's traumatic, almost. Um, each day we go for a walk down the beach. The day after my process, the dolphins, the sacred sand, we walk down to Kelko, and for the first time in forever, there's like 30 dolphins down there. They're just mixing around in a pod. And there's like another 40 dolphins coming in off the horizon. Incredible. And for the first time in my life, I finally knew I was going to be okay. Wow. Powerful. That was my first spiritual experience. <laughs> and what it taught me was vulnerability is the way. I need to search within myself to find these things so I can re-gift the world. Because I was trying to re-gift the world with my theories and my mind and it didn't work. Um, I think there's a lot of power in vulnerability. Mm. You know, being open, being vulnerable. And, um, and as males, it's a very hard thing for us to do. Mm. Um, you know, th th just seeing what, you know, what Mark had accomplished and um you know seeing him come out of rehab and and having a large amount of vulnerability um in his life yeah. um through choice 
yeah. um, really empowered me to to try and attempt to do the same um, yeah. because before that I really hadn't heard anything of it um, and I could see there was no weight on his shoulders mm. on anything you know what I mean um, it was like he was a free bird just floating yeah. above a cliff from the breeze holding him up just light as a feather um, yeah and I just seen that power and so then I just made the steps to you know educate myself through books um, and and then slowly just open up in discussion and become vulnerable. Um, probably nowhere near the level I need to be at with myself um, from what you're describing, but, you know, it's all the process. It's funny how you get this ripple effect of someone needing to own their story in a, a very desperate way and state and the ripple effect that comes from that. When someone starts owning their story, it's contagious. That vulnerability is contagious. Very much so. Um, and especially for men. We're not good at talking. At all. We're not good at listening. Um, it's very hard to pe pierce through. In my line of work, it's very hard to pierce through um, men and get them to break free of themselves. I feel that... Um there's a lot more awareness around that though these days um there's a lot more mental health programs and and um a lot more people just speaking up in general high profile people yeah um in australia footballers you know you had greg inglis do it um latrell mitchell these sort of guys so when these high profile guys do it like you said it's that ripple effect um, and then it slowly, slowly passes down the line you know and having people on the podcast like yourself like others craigie um, the big OC yeah. when they tell their story um, you know me and Mark would get DMs and that sort of thing um, from other people opening up yeah. so yeah it's um, yeah, it's the ripple effect you know I had this there's this young fella I'm going to sit down with him next week you know and he's just doing his HSC and he just reached out um, and he just wants to tell his story um, about you know yeah. the pressure of social media that sort of thing in society mental health and I think for a kid that's, you know, mm. 17 to do that, it's pretty big. It's massive. Yeah. So yeah. get him on and see what that ripple effect is. So Absolutely. Yeah, no, I completely, completely relate to it, man. I understand. Yeah. It's fucking cool. <laughs> it's cool, man. Vulnerability is the way. Get a tattooed on you. I think um, maybe. Yeah. <clears throat> After you. Okay. So I think, well, I believe... That the best, I always thought the drugs I took and my highs in life that I gave myself, I could never replicate in the natural world. And I was wrong. You know, the more work I do on myself and come to a point of healing, I can now re-gift that to someone that's experiencing a similar thing. Yep. And allowing someone, or going in and sitting with someone in their darkness and being very comfortable because I've seen that darkness before and allowing them to feel safe maybe for the first time in their life and walking out with them and watching them walk and grow it's the most amazing experience empowering and that's my superpower we are talking about it last night 
What's your superpower? You know, my superpower has been my healing and growth. It's allowed me to obtain a lot of knowledge, compassion and wisdom through owning my story. Where now I can guide someone to maybe get out of their way or start being excited about their adversities and traumas Mm -hmm. and abuse. Whatever it is. Because that's the gift. That's your experience. That's your best teacher. Very true. Mm. Very true. It's exciting. It is. When we'll, um, you know, we're just back on that vulnerability and stuff. I think we were having that discussion last night when we were out. Like, mm. you know, the the people you you hang with and the crowds you put yourself in, the environments you yeah. are in, um, really persuade you to yeah. to act in that way, yeah. or or you know, or whether it's. <clears throat> hang out with people that want to do drugs you can try and stay strong for a long period of time but it's still very very hard the stories all relate to drugs you know why, why do you reckon that is why do we why do we conform to things that are not necessarily aligned with us so like people are out and they're drinking i feel like a drink people on the bags I feel like bag to be relatable that's just not me speaking in general yeah yeah no i Um, I understand um is it you know us as human species um just want to relate yeah it's our search for community yeah unity and as you know as humans we that's what we we want we want community we want to be accepted we want to be part of that tribe yeah so we don't want to be an outcast. So yeah. our subconscious mind and our, our reflux is to join, you know, the group. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can use that though, right? You can use that to its strength. So you just put yourself in the groups that are going to allow yourself to grow. Absolutely. You but don't put yourself in the groups that are going to allow you to watch three sunrises before you go back to sleep, you're going to put yourself in the groups that are going to have people opening up, expressing their emotions, showing that it is okay to, um, to cry, to be, Mm. show weakness, that sort of thing. These are the groups that you want to, you want to go into because as, yeah, like we just said, as humankind, that's what we gravitate, gravitate towards. We, we want to fit in. So I think the, uh, the eventual goal is that, I think when you get to a certain level, you can kind of have faith in the universe and what, what you can do with yourself and the new people you're going to meet. When you're struggling, though, there's not many groups to choose from. No. Um, and when you're struggling real bad, you know, it'd be lovely to hang around people that are healthy, but it's really, there's a lot of shame in that and guilt. So it's hard. So what's the progress? So at the beginning, I think it's like, okay, who's good for me? Who's a positive influence in my life? Write it down. Write all your 10, 20 best friends, how many friends you got, three, whatever, and find out what they, what do they give you? Is it... They don't compliment. Is it reciprocated, the effort that you put in? We discussed all this last night, actually. Yeah, Yeah, correct. Do, Do they give back to you? I think the first step is not giving your attention and time saying no. 
to people that are not good for you. Choose you. Yeah. And that's the first level of like courage or empowerment and actually choosing yourself that that person's not good for me and cutting them out of your life. Maybe they're just a bad influence when you go out and socially. Mm-hmm. Or maybe they create a lot of anxiety so you think about them often. Either way, whether you see them a lot, if they're creating chaos within you or a bad energy or a vibe, you've got to ask the question, are they good for me? Mm. Pretty then, simple answer. But, but then we stay in those relationships because we're so scared of hurting their feelings. Mm. We will allow ourselves to suffer. Yeah. Yeah. And tolerate people's behaviors that are not aligned with us just to feel accepted and that unity again well, i'll tell you some of the best decisions i've made is doing that mm. not so much writing it down writing it down in my head but just eliminating it you know yep. and even when i was <clears throat> you know on the when i was doing drugs and all that you know most weekends that sort of thing um we come to a point where i got a new phone number, moved into town, mm. distanced myself from everyone and just went solo, you know, fully eliminated a lot of, you know, majority of all my old mates, you know, because, you know, for me it was, that's the only way out for me. Otherwise it's a downhill road, you know, and where does it end? Yeah. So. They went feeding the new you? Well, the new you that I, the new me that I wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. And at that stage, you like you just realize what you don't want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you don't know who you want to be. No, you just all. know what you don't want. You don't know who you are, and you don't know who you want to be. Uh, maybe in general sense, but like, I think we learn quickly. Um, and what's most obvious is what we don't want, and that's how we start learning our core sense of self. Is finding out what we don't need or want in our lives. Then you start your becoming. Of your true, authentic self. Mm-hmm. Fucking best journey. <laughs> Love it. It's um, it's funny, right? Because I actually catch myself like here and there. Like, I uh, I did when I did the um the breath and ice bath workshop there the other month. I um I ran into a mate that I used to do CrossFit with down the coast, and um, you know, like for a couple of weeks after, I'm like, fuck, I need to call him. Like, stop being a shit cunt, you know. Call him, call him. And then I caught myself. I'm like, well, hang on, like. He doesn't call you. Mm. So why are you feeling bad for not calling him? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it. You know? Mm. Yeah. Let it go. You move on quick, don't you? Yeah, let it go. Me? Everyone. Oh, everyone. Whatever happens. Yeah. Yeah. See so. ya. <laughs> See ya. I wouldn't but, want to be ya. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's like you said, it's, you know, do they reciprocate mm. back to you what you give to them? But also the reality check is like, what do I give? Am I a good person to the people in my life? I'm still learning to be that person. You know, How do you find that out? Do you ask them? Um, not nearly as much as I should. Mm. Especially my family. Uh, you know, there's a lot... I went haywire for a long time and I would have given them some horrible experiences and trauma. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I put enough effort in... <clears throat> Uh, reconnecting that for the last two three years though i've had to recreate my whole world everyone knew everyone in my life knew i had to create a whole new family 
not saying my family wasn't um, capable. I'm not saying that whatsoever. There's a certain level of connection I need. I need to talk a certain way. I need to grow each day. And I need to practice these spiritual experiences. Um, and I need people around me with that unity again that are going to walk with me to do that. Yep. So I don't feel alone. Because when I feel alone and I'm left to my own devices and I'm not running right, my head takes off. And my head's best suggestion's not the best one. Never is. <laughs> I love it. It's interesting. Like, well, we we're just talking then, like something just come into the, into the uh, penthouse. And um, mm. I love that. So I can, I'll be sending it everywhere, that, yeah. the penthouse. Um, it's funny, right? So, like, I did it, might have been back in the last week, might have even been this week, actually. I think it was this week. Like, I, I just, I gave my, my GM a call and then, like, then I touched base with the owner and just sort of got some feedback on, um, you know, where I'm at with work, you know, what, you know, what don't they like, what do they like, what can I better, how do they want me to approach things? And just while we're talking, then I'm like, it's funny, like, we'll do that at work to better ourselves and be better people but we don't do it for our relationships whether it's a friendship a partner yeah. um family members yeah. like we don't actually like you could you know we don't actually have that conversation do we nope. Nope, not no no and there's a lot of history and those long um those long relationships like family um you know we we know them so well that we suffocate their ability to grow and change mm -hmm. because we judge them and we question them quickly and we don't hold space for them um and and that that language and it's generational learning so we learn how to talk to each other and in the family system ours is really funny sarcastic and quick-witted and there's no place for feelings and that's okay but i'm pretty sure <clears throat> Um, I think when I was down visiting you down Cronulla there like the second mm. time after our first hike yeah. pretty sure you said like you, you, you're actually working and trying to develop that into your family system where everyone yeah. does open up and yeah. yeah and show their emotions and talk about it yeah but it's hard like, like they're most of them all happy for them you know they don't need that daily reprieve and that deep connection each day. Yep. Because they maybe already have it or know how to get it for them. Um, just with my experiences, I, I, uh, there's only so many shallow conversations I can have and there's only so many um, um, normal conversations. I should say shallow, um, normal conversations. Like how my day was. How's work? How's work? Mm. Um, but then again, like... I would call them somewhat shallow conversations. Yeah, and that's just not my family system. That's No. no well, it's friendships. That's everything, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Mm. Um, like that was, you know, when we when we went out last night, you know, that's that's what, what, what come up, like, yeah. and we are talking. And, you know, T, she said, like, you know, you... You... Um, yeah, you're not asking about like how my day was like yeah. you know and all this sort of stuff or you know what i do for work too much or, or this you were diving deeper into into herself you yeah. know asking questions that had her thinking yeah that were draining her you know 
of when we got home she was like she goes oh that's exhausting and i'm like yeah you sort of get used to it and adapt to quail like you know i'm like yeah. the first couple of times like when me and mark come down and visit you like yeah. we we would um we would have conversations and me and mark wouldn't even talk on the three-hour drive home man because we we're just that wrecked you know because you're just you're diving deep man you're thinking and and it's good man like you're keeping that mind going yeah you, you know you're training your mind really um yeah i and i i like that sort of type of conversation i don't really small talks yeah it's yeah. Uh, it's, it's pointless really and and talk or small talk or you know a lot of you go and visit someone or you catch up with someone and then it's they're talking negative about you know this or that or that person or this yeah. person it's like yeah i need to eliminate myself from that yeah um, this this conversation has no substance and it's yeah. yeah it's pointless i think it's the questions we ask in life that give us the solutions i think trying to look, find the answer before asking the right questions um you're just kind of chasing your tail like a dog yeah well, that's generous <laughs> but i like i love asking deep questions that experience of me exploring myself and finding out who I was. Only came from deep questions. Yeah. Um, a certain line of questioning that was asked to me by professionals mm -hmm. um, that engaged me to explore that within myself. It was so liberating that I want to give that to others. Yep. Um, and help them break free from, break free from that. Um, those, those, that narrative of self um those false beliefs um because we've all got them we've all got them for sure <laughs> for sure um, for sure but yeah um that south pacific private um it changed my life it actually gave me the tools and the self-awareness to put me on a path um, where I could finally learn to love life. And I believe you, you went in there twice. Yeah. Um, so after the first time, what... Um, it was really hard. Yeah. You go in there for three weeks and you've done so, such intense work. And each day's jam-packed. Um, and you've got a lot going on. Um, a lot of processing. Um, you're really busy. It's programmed. And for the first time in my life, I had, I was structured. I had support, support I needed. Food, healthy food. It's important, man. Discipline. Um, this rhythmic repetition. Um, and then you come out. And the first time, I had to tell everyone my story. Should I be telling them? Who do I need to tell? And then you expect, and this is what got, caught me out. You expect everyone on the outside to listen, understand, and give feedback the same way you just learnt. Yep. Well, the same way that they were all doing inside for three weeks. They don't. No. So you tell your story and you... It's like this empty feeling. And the people that you want to come with you don't come with you. And for this search of unity again in your life. 
didn't go the way I planned. The people that I wanted to come with me and support me on my journey in the way I needed couldn't come with me. And the biggest thing about that is I didn't know what my needs were at the time, so I didn't know how to express that to them. Yep. Um, I know it would have been a lot different if I said to them, um, I need this, that, and that. This is the type of support I need. Would you be able to help me? Asking for help in that healthy manner um, to support my growth, but more so to support my recovery. Um, Instead of telling your story and expecting them to put forward themselves to help you. And looking back, I was still in a place where I needed to be rescued. Yeah, okay. I needed other people to help me. Um, I found out I was a massive codependent. I cared way more about others than myself. Mm-hmm. And it came to light pretty quick. Yeah. And I think I lasted probably six, seven months. Um, and I relapsed real hard. So um, these were all triggers that were leading up to this? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I lost myself. So everyone, a lot of people that you go in there with come out and they, they, they find it tough. Mm-hmm. Um, transitioning back into the real world. Um, that's where 12 step meetings and that are, are miraculous. It's one of the best programs I've ever experienced. Gives you community, a place to express yourself, you know, a program to run, but also mentors in the space of sobriety and recovery. Yep. Um, but it was hard, like I relapsed real hard. So <laughs> about a week after my massive relapse, I went, my dad didn't want to, he was going to cancel his holiday or I had to go with him. Um, and me being the codependent, I didn't want him to cancel his holiday. So I went, I had the opportunity to go to Cape York and um, four-wheel drive back down to Cairns where I was catching GTs and I showed you that photo of me. Yeah, yeah, of like the fish. Three, yeah, yeah, like three years ago. Yeah. Um, what a miserable, miserable human I was at that stage. Um, completely lost. Did you have a good holiday? Um, I did actually. Yeah. For as much as I could. Yes. And enjoy myself. It was good to get out of my little world um, and experience the world. Did you open up to your dad on that fishing trip? Um, and or just road trip? No, there's so much shame in it that you let them down. Mm-hmm. Um, again. Burns. Oh, big time. Mm. And could you put so much like importance and weight on their need to like accept you and make you feel loved and appreciated that I became a a people pleaser. I'm performing for people. But I was was miserable. But I didn't learn how to express myself and ask for help. Um, So I went back in. And how long was that between stints from when you got out to when you went back in? It was April 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back in in December 2018. Yep. And that's where I met Marcus. He was been in there for a week. He was running around, joining himself. <laughs> uh, but what was special is like the people that guided me that were there on their second stint or third stint on my first. I could do that for others. Yep. Because I was there to be serious now. And everything was for me now. 
I need to do this for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what triggered that? What, um, what made you, because obviously the first time you went in, you would have been going in thinking, I'm doing this for me. But what made you go, okay, I'm doing this actually for me this time? So the first time I went in there because I was fucked. Yeah. <laughs> I was fucked up. Yeah. There was no other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I looked my father in the eye that week and I stayed in my bedroom. I think I only got up to shower reluctantly. Um, I just, <laughs> I was messed up. Yeah, okay. The second time, I made a big mistake, but I was aware of my mistake. And it was time to take responsibility for it. So each day was to accept and surrender to the day, one day at a time. And that worked. That worked. They um, run a very similar program to the first, or was it a bit different? Very, very similar. Yeah, okay. If, if not identical. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Just a revolving door of, of help. Um, once again, I'd highly recommend that place. Um, for anyone that's had any adverse experience, yep. childhood experience, or PTSD, trauma, or if they've got any type of addiction, if you've got any type of addiction, it's most likely you've got trauma. One of the things I just mentioned mm-hmm. to any degree. Um, you know, there's a big stigma around the psych hospital. You well, know? it's based from movies, right? Absolutely. The stray jackets. Stray jackets, padded rooms, the crazies, yeah. all that. But they teach you the most amazing thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even think I could name a movie. Mm that has a psych hospital in it mm. that has a story similar to yours or yeah. a story about someone going in, finding themselves coming over addiction and coming out and then, you yeah. know, definitely, following a new yeah, path. I, I don't think. One. No, no, definitely, definitely not. not. Definitely not. So that's like what I do and what I'm getting into these days is gifting that my experience of healing, recovery and growth and to be able to self-regulate in the line of work I'm doing these days and creating kids' workshops to help them do that and teach them early. Teach the little me through teaching the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess before we go down that path, like so when you've come out um, out of the psych hospital, mm-hmm. out of recovery, what um, you know, what were you feeling? Where, where was your head at? What were you thinking? Like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? What direction did you take from there? The second time or the first time? No, the second time. The first time you... The first time I... Well, so I, how did you... I guess, sorry, before I cut you off, I guess like... So the first time you come out, you you were going to people, approaching people, and mm. you weren't getting what you needed in return because yeah. you weren't approaching it in the right manner. And I, I didn't know what I needed and I didn't know how to ask for it. Yes. So the second time you come out, mm. you knew how to ask for it. Yeah. So... And I knew... I knew the people that I needed in my life mm-hmm. and to I needed to invest in time with them yep. and kind of go walk about and with these people where I could be myself, the new me, without that stigma of, you know, that person that was in addiction for a long time, um, you know, because that's a, that's a heavy perception to carry upon someone and if you're trying to get better, it's very hard to hang around those people. Um so in one sense, you've got, you've got to leave them 
to get better so you can come back and be the person that you've always wanted to be. Yep. Um, but it's hard, like, it's quite challenging that transition because like I said before, the three weeks of real or four weeks of real intensity and then you come out and, and there's you, nothing and you've got 24 hours in a day. Mm. What do you do? I do my gratitude list. I read my morning readings. 40 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> So 23 hours, 20 minutes left. I go for a walk, hour and a half. Go for a swim, another 30 minutes. I've got 21 hours left. <laughs> Add some sleep, eight hours. Yeah. Yep. Oh, shit, man, I've got eight hours left. I don't have work. What am I going to eat? Okay, let's eat something healthy. 17 minutes pass. And it's really like that. And it's hard. And you just cling to the idea that you've got a meeting later today. And for an hour, you can... Go hang out with like-minded people. Yep. Um, but it's a real hard slog because mm -hmm. you don't have much meaning and purpose. You just are very aware of what you can't do. Mm -hmm. And so you just try so hard not to be an addict. So you didn't have a job to go to? No. Okay. Nah. So I guess like for those people that can come back out to a job, yeah, they do have something that's going to fill in their time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um, and not just play up in the penthouse. Yeah. Constantly. Do you know how hard it is for 24 hours to try not be in your head? That's and to do things that you've never done for yourself in your life before. And this is why people relapse. And relapse is okay. Because with the right support, and the right unity, a mistake is beautiful. You learn from it. Yeah. If you hold space for that. You know, if we're judging and holding opinions based on someone else's mistake, we don't wake up, none of us wake up to be ill-intended mm -hmm. or unkind. Something I found hanging with you and that too is <clears throat> that's not your identity either, like mm. your past. Mm. You've moved on from that, yeah. Um, yeah. which is pretty big. Yeah. Um, I was, um, I'm a big believer in detaching from um, those old false beliefs yep. and that identity of myself. You know, I don't like calling myself an addict. Mm -hmm. I can be. And there's a lot of things in me that if I don't watch in my behaviours, I can have very addictive personalities. personalities yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, but I don't like calling myself an addict. Mm -hmm. And I don't. Do you feel like when people come out, you know, like, um, you know, I'm in a, what is it, like I'm in a dick, like, recovery yeah i'm in recovery i'm in recovery is there a point where it needs to shift that mind frame where that mind frame needs to shift from i'm in recovery to i'm recovered yeah um because if it doesn't then you're sort of living back in the past and you're not living in a forward direction yeah with your mind state it's really interesting when you're so quick to identify with something so i'm kyle i'm in recovery mm -hmm. um for childhood trauma you could name on all the titles yep multiple addictions um, that identity, like if I, if, if I'm always, we're all in recovery. Let's just get that clear. We're all in recovery. We've all got trauma. Most of us come from some form of dysfunction. Um, and all of us have got some form of addiction. Can um, be a healthy addiction. It can be anything. It could be the gym. It could be whatever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Fitness. Um, yeah. Um, driving fast, popping orange lights. Adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. Adrenaline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about the, the mindset. So going from I'm in oh, recovery so, to yeah. going. The exercise and detachment. Yes. So it's really important. So I'm not responsible for my first thought, but I'm responsible for my second. So the biggest thing is having boundaries and internal boundaries and not allowing myself to beat myself up. So if I can't say it out loud, I can't say it to myself. And if I say something quite putrid that's not okay, then I say it's not mine and it's not okay. And I have a, a honest dialogue within me where I can reparent myself, all the tools to reparent myself. I'm not perfect. Um, but it's learning to have a better relationship with that voice that's within us. Um, and kind of reparenting ourselves to a, a place, you know, some of the stuff that we tell ourselves, we wouldn't accept anyone else telling the loved ones in our life. Ever. But we so freely give ourselves shit, self-pity, and we're just ruthless. We're critics of ourselves, man. Yeah. <coughs> we expect perfection. Yeah, man, we are pretty brutal with ourselves, aren't we? That is, that's very true. Like, that's that's a cool way to think of it, you know. Yeah. When you do say these things to yourself, yeah. yeah. If you were to say this to your partner, would she accept that? No. Yeah. So why am I saying it to myself? Yeah. So detaching from thought. So as soon as you say that's not okay, as soon as you say that's not mine, you're starting to be conscious of your thoughts and you start... You start not being a monkey in the circus, in your own circus. You start sitting back and watching the circus and you're not joining your thoughts. You're aware of them. Um, and in that you are your awareness. So you're not your thoughts, you're not your emotions, you're the awareness behind them. Um, and you start not identifying with these illusions, this sickness, the mind. It's a powerful thing. Mm. And it's very hard to stay on top of it. Yeah. At times. So a daily affirmation I use for a long time is that, you know, I'm a, I'm a spiritual being having human experiences and I'm more than my mind. I am much more than my mind. And start exercising and training myself to be greater than just the view of my world through my eyes yep because there's way more at play than what i can see deep mm. very deep sir it's true it is true it takes a bit for the mind to process it and wrap your wrap me thoughts around it and, do you, know and my mind, it. do you know my mind's never told me anything i knew the answer to i knew that told me last night crazy right very crazy but what parts of us give us information Oh. In your body, what parts of you give you any type of information? Your brain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What else? Oh. You tell me. You know, it all stems from the brain. But there's like, there's your gut, there's your heart. Yeah, your gut instinct. Yep. Yeah, the intuition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot's channeled through the brain and that sensory system. But there's a lot of ways that you can get and communicate with yourself in a more intimate way than that shallow nature of the mind mm. powerful yeah i like it <laughs> i like it <laughs> so when did you find direction after your second stint 
and, um, and find direction on where you wanted to go, what lane you wanted to choose in life and path? I think the more work you do, the more things slowly work out for you and you're okay with the timing of that. Yep. Um, when, you, when you're in your sickness, things need to happen yesterday. Um, the second time I just started, I, I made, I was really good at recovery. I did the 12 step meetings. I, I did about 18, 18 months to two years. Um, in the rooms of being sober and my sobriety, which is discipline, was in line with women, alcohol, gambling, and drugs. I didn't do any of those. I didn't chase girls. Um, I couldn't have any of that short-term adrenaline. And I was successful. I learned how to be disciplined. For me. And it was a slow chip away. Because through that, I got a job. Went back and started studying. Yep. And started to find my way and my path. What'd you study? Integrated Nutritional Health Coach. Um... It's all about holistic health. Yep. Um, it's not about what's on your plate. It's what's outside your plate. Um, embracing life and finding balance. Um, I did a course with a good friend of mine, Adrian, which we've created, Vibrations Health, where we do workshops for kids. I wanna, we want to have a mobile wellness business um, to teach people the tools and the exercises to allow, allow them to be a better version of themselves. Um, the most exciting thing is finding your purpose and actually creating these workshops for these kids where we can teach them to self-regulate but in a way we've done it where we can tap into the superhero within the child and allow them to embrace their superpowers when they get gifted an adverse experience in life yep um, which would help them mitigate any trauma they might experience and suppression of emotions like I did. Um, and in the end, I'm just gifting back to the little boy inside of me. Um, yeah, I love it. And what age bracket um, are these Are these sort of you know, kids that you're trying to target with this? At the moment, 5 to 12. Yep. Um, so is that where they find, like is there case studies that that 5 to, t you know, that, mm. that age bracket is where... Um, kids tend to suppress a lot of their trauma and everything. Um, and that's where the effect is in yeah. that age bracket. Yeah, I think anywhere from the developmental years, even from infancy um, up until seven, eight years old. Yep. It's a bit harder with kids because they've got a better understanding of the world and they've got more of a knowing and, kind of, and a conditioning and a program, programming to the world. Um where you're getting up to 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old and um, it's a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But in saying that, a lot of kids pick it up really quick. Yep. Um, they're a lot smarter than us, the next generation, and they pick things up really quickly. Mm -hmm. And if we can align it with their superhero within them, you know who doesn't fucking want that? Oh. Who doesn't want their superpowers? Everyone wants it. Mm. You know, That's why Marvel was so big, <laughs> you know? With Avengers, really, yep. you know, everyone loves it. Yeah, love superheroes. Everyone so. wants, you know, everyone wants to be a superhero. Everyone wants them powers. Yeah, mm. so I had the opportunity to study. Um, 
But what that allowed me to do more so than anything else, apart from follow a direction in my career, was that it taught me everything about embracing my bio-individuality, food, behavior, everything. What's best for me? Um, and that information really allowed me to you know, branch out into the world and experience new things. Um, you know, I stopped going to 12-step meetings. Um, Do you find to... guilt in that? Yeah, and but I was aligned with a lot of fear. Yep. Um, what, fear of stopping? Fear of failing again. Yep. That place saved my life. But it, for me, uh, <clears throat> it wasn't my version of, of happiness, being, not being an addict every day. I was trying so hard not to be an addict. And then each day I was surrendering to being an addict and I'm in recovery. It was very serious doom and gloom. Um, and for me, I wanted to adventure out and, and study and learn and grow and do spiritual experiences and be really happy. And I got the opportunity to embrace that with that course. Yeah, nice. And that was just done online, was it? Yeah. Yeah. I O N N. I I N N. I I N. I I N. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, I highly recommend the course, even if you don't want to be a health coach. Yep. Um, Just to get a better understanding of yourself. Yeah. The content that they have on there is sensational. Yeah. It's everything I've wanted to learn. I never liked school. I thought it was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. The curriculum. I knew I didn't need to know most of that. Um, and so I didn't pay attention. And then this course spoke to my soul. Yep. Um, and it was really perfect timing because it allowed me to really hold a, a stable sense of self, you know, like a real good core and understanding of my identity mm -hmm. and where I wanted to go. Were you doing this while you were doing your NA meetings, your 12 steps? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yep. So it fills in that, that void of, you know, it fills in that time, yep. that time, you know, yep. when you have eight hours left in the day before before your 12-step meeting, yeah. like you were saying, yeah. But I, like, I had put in a lot of work and then COVID hit, mm -hmm. and I was lucky. I was ready to launch, you know. I would have been about 120, 125 kilos um, around that period of time, and um, about probably 12 months before COVID, I was around that weight. Um, you know, I realised I had a food addiction, you know, I and suppress my emotions. That's True food. Big, that's a big problem these days, is we look for comfort foods. Mm -hmm. um, so I think you were saying that when we had brekkie just before, like you were saying, like you find you, like you don't, and I don't know if this is, you still sort of have it, like you were saying, like you don't eat mm. enough throughout the day, so you'll eat healthy, healthy for two, three days, and then you just need to binge eat. Yeah, yeah. I still don't have a, a great relationship with food, I have a good relationship with food. Yep. More so with portion control. I don't eat till I'm really full, unless it's a splurge meal or something that's really nice. I have noticed that with you. Yeah. Even if we have like a like a cup of tea or something, like mm. when when we went on traveling up north, like mm. it's always never finished. Yeah. Like if if I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. I got to consciously eat. Yeah. Wow. Mindful eating. Am I full? Why am I eating? Am I eating because it tastes good? Am I eating because it feels good? 
Why am I eating? I f- yeah, like are we, um, are we living to eat or eating to live? <laughs> it's it's interesting, you know. Like um, I've had this conversation actually last last you know, over the last few weeks with some people, and um, yeah, like sometimes the the brain just tricks you into yeah. being hungry, mm. and yeah, you, you can just binge eat and eat and eat, mm-hmm. but you're not actually hungry. Yeah, it's just your mind playing games on you. <laughs> nothing's more nothing's more hungry than my denied loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't accept that I'm lonely, I'm very hungry. I'll look for food quickly. But I know I'm lonely when my head starts running rampant and giving me these weird fucking suggestions. <laughs> Uh-oh. What's going on here? Let's look under that rug. <laughs> oh, that's fucking loneliness again. Oh, oh, love that, it. That old creature. Yeah. Me and you were talking about it the other day and it's, we're unfamiliar with loneliness because we're so we can we got these all these devices like phones and and what have you that, that really quickly take our ability to feel our loneliness. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think we we're talking and um, yeah, I mentioned like we don't we're never bored, mm. um, and magic things happen from being bored. You yeah. become creative. Yeah. Um, you let your imagination run wild. You know whether it's artistically or, or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, you know, we don't now. No. We um we sit on the lounge, yeah. put TV on, we don't like the show on, and we're bored, boom. You know, we're on our phone. Sit on the toilet, we're on our phone. We've become so unfamiliar with silence. Yeah. And this stillness that happens naturally in in, in nature. It's very still, but it's super connected if you can obtain the present moment in that time. You know, the present moment is the only opportunity if you can find that in nature. It's wonderful. And it's beautiful yeah there's a stillness and, and oneness about it that just like when we're when we uh when we're up north at Iluka, you know and we walk down the back deck there at the old boy's house and um you know it's just quiet mm. birds were chirping you know there was a slight breeze it was just that was the only noise it was just and you just sit down mm. and you just enjoy it so peaceful yeah. it's relaxing man yeah i like i yeah i really love it you know and, and then your old man Maui playing the yeah, you found that playlist actually on Spotify, didn't you? I forget what it was called. Sensational. It was. It really put us in a vibe. I think we started not enough, didn't we? Yeah. 100%. So, uh, what was the playlist? It was um, Om Mani Padmi Hum. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's pronounced right, but yeah, but it was um, it was very yogaish and very mellow, yeah. yeah, relaxing tune. It was yeah, it was it was beautiful. And that's like even this morning, you know, when we're down the beach, like I just want to look at the ocean, man. Don't need to talk. No. You know? Chasing the vibe. Yeah, just enjoying it's like it. Like old mate chasing the energy and chasing the vibe. Yeah, just um, enjoying it. You, you've got to. Um, you've got to take that moment and um, disconnect, you yeah. know, which is the beauty, um, which is what I'm pretty happy about when I disconnected from social. You yeah. know, it's... Um, You'll be back soon. Feeling it? You feel uh, that's where I'm heading? It's more of a knowing. <laughs> You'll be back. Oh, look, look. You've when had um, your moment of discipline. When I when I signed off, you know, it was you know it was eight to twelve months. I'll do it. It's not yeah. hard. So you don't believe it? I don't know. It's knowing. Yep. Yeah. Fuck, fuck off, mate. You don't have to keep to that timeline. It's all about the state of man. Look, I I have no. I don't want it. You know, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I'd rather rather be doing other things with me time. Yeah. You know, be present in the moment when I'm sitting down. 
yeah. you know, or with someone or, or whatever I'm doing, just yeah. be there, you know. It's the same sort of thing down there this morning, be present and enjoy it. Or yeah. you could, you know, take pictures and post them on social or whatnot. Yeah. Just enjoy it. And put a mad fucking song on there. It's not a bad song. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about nailed it. Look, you, you're stepping your game up a little bit. You're going all right. So. Yeah, so how can we change the world? How can we give back? Um, to those who are like us how can we give back the things that we've learnt and be of service to those mm-hmm. um, I think that's a really good question that I ask myself um, and it's through having the conversations right um, very similar to last night when T said you know I don't get asked these questions these conversations um, yeah. it's about having them and having more of them you yeah. know um, whether or not you have then now enlightened T and then T goes on to have these sorts of conversations with her friends and then, you know, with the ripple effect, that, that snowball effect happens, um, you know, you do it through through these these channels that you're going through with the kids, um, you know, and I think that's where you, you target it, um, you know, if they can have a clear understanding at a younger age about, um, you know, not suppressing stuff, um, whole, like delivering it, having these open conversations, then... You know, two generations down the track, who knows where we'll be. Um, you know, through podcasts, people opening up on podcasts, I think that helps. Others relate, others listen. Um, yeah. You know, it's a source of information, free information. So, yeah, yeah. We can do that. It's many channels. I think the awareness is very, very much there now. Mm. Still needs to be a lot more, but it's. Yeah, it's what, what's really impressed me is my the amount of material that's out there. Whether it's YouTube, whether it's documentaries, audio books, books, um, you know, it's, it's endless. Amazing. It is endless. Amazing, amazing, amazing. And there's mm-hmm. so much knowledge in these books mm-hmm. um, that allow me to understand myself. Um, that's the crazy thing. And that I've got this opportunity where I can learn, surrender, accept myself all the time. There's a saying, and I don't know if I'm going to quote this right. Um, it is, um, you know, I don't have enough enough days in my life to make every mistake possible, so I re- will read what others have made mistakes and learned from. Yeah, yeah it's um, pretty yeah, interesting. I think so. We try so hard to, like, rewrite the script. Why do we need to rewrite the script? There is no script. Just let it go. Flow. They've done it already. So yeah, read and learn from it. There's been plenty of people happy before I came along. What did they do? You know, so like, what did I need back in the day to get out of my own way? And the suggestion I'd make to people that are in their own way at the moment or are struggling um, or going through a tough time is find, find someone who's got the energy or something that you want. Go reach out. The wisdom's right there. And do the suggested thing. Don't know too much about nothing. Don't think they're wrong. They've got what you got. They got what you want. Ask them. mm. Reach out. And then fucking do the suggested thing. Fucking try it. Yeah, it's scary. But everything on everything news on the opposite side of fear. Hundred percent. But we're so unfamiliar with fear. It's like uh, always, always surround yourself with people so you are the dumbest person in the room. Mm. And that's why I still go see my psychologist. Yep. She's way smarter than me and she sees me coming from a mile away. 
and she just tees off on me and it's brilliant because I don't know where I'm at most of the time. Yep. I just know the behaviours I need to be peaceful, happy and well. Mm-hmm. And I do those. But I don't, my ego creeps in all the time. And it always will. It's a sneaky bugger. But that's the beautiful thing, right? It always will. Yep. So it's a, it's a, it's a never ending, evolving, yep. you know, process. Yeah. You get on top of it one day, it attacks you from a different angle the next, creeps exactly. in, comes in from behind, up above, you know. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. and it's not coming in for cuddles. <laughs> never, <laughs> never comes and gives you a warm kiss on the cheek. Good night. No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's um, someone actually. It was uh, it was my my GM at work. Actually, he he once said to me, he goes, you know, um. Ego is, uh, he goes, it's very, very similar to salt, right? Mm. He goes, you'll never hear someone say, geez, you put the right amount of salt on that. True. But you'll always hear, ah, too much salt. Wow. Want some chips with that salt? <laughs> you like it? I like it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. You see, he, he, he throws you these little ones here and there and he, he threw me that one. I was like, I like that one. I like it. It is, true. It is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you never, yeah, you'll never have, you know, a pork roast or whatever and go, oh, bro, you nailed it with the salt there, man. Yeah, <laughs> you know? perfect salt. Yeah, never, never. My so. favorite, one of my favorite quotes is, um, I'll give you two. Um, Don't spoil me, just give me one. Nah, go, we'll go two. Um, a wise man once said nothing. I really like that one. Because every time I speak, it's my ego. I like that one. But I also like the one, um, as you think, so shall you be. And if we feed and attach to thoughts that are not relevant or not good for our health, then you, that's what you'll be. So what you give attention to has power over you. And if you aligning with those thoughts, it's a scary place to be because as you think, so shall you be. Yeah. Ooh, you like that one? I like it. No. You can have me salt one, and I'm going to take that one. Sure. All right, we'll swap. Watch me get the salt one, while <laughs> I People like it. I like it. Man, for a long time, I just like searched all these, these quotes and these cool sayings from mm-hmm. these very smart, intelligent people that have come before us, and have Amen. given us their time to express what they've learned in life. Mm. No need to rewrite the script. Yeah. they've made many mistakes and they've learned from it and they've come a long way and they've had a lot of happiness so let's read it yeah you know it's a lot of knowledge and a lot of mistakes to learn from for 25 dollars isn't it in a book (laughs) isn't it really it's not a bad freaking it's not a bad investment absolutely so well it's really interesting like talking about this now and like growing and learning and studying and um and doing buying a self-help book or, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't search for that earlier on because I didn't want to be wrong. And I was afraid to learn and I didn't need to learn something that wasn't good for me, so to speak. Yep. Um, but I was really afraid to be wrong. And there's another quote, if I'm not wrong, then there's no solution. I really like that one. Just owning my part in things. We're all afraid to be wrong. We don't want to be wrong. Yeah. But, you know, like everyone's wrong, right? <laughs> we didn't, you know, we didn't put a man on the moon without failure. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. You're not going to learn anything if you're, gonna, if you're trying to be right all the time. 
Yeah. Um, that's yeah. very true. So with um with this 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 course you're doing for the kids finding their yep. their superhero yep. becoming their superhero the finding superhero their superhero lab the superhero lab yeah when's it on where's it on our first one is coming up it's in Camperdown in, in near Campbelltown yep um, it's just school holidays yeah okay um, which is I think it's the 29th of June yep and early July yeah okay I think it's the 1st of July yep um Drop your kids off and we'll gift you back a superhero. Look out. Face paint? Absolutely. Fucking love it. Karate moves. I love it. Um, It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And to do it in a way that's engaging and and active. Mm -hmm. Um, They can learn on the go, not just sit in a chair and look at a whiteboard. We can really engage with them and teach them. Yeah. Well, I think you learn more from a hands-on experience right in life with everything, you know. Yeah teach an apprentice on a whiteboard all three years and they'll learn nothing <laughs> so yeah. of course yeah of course um but in, in a general sense i'm really happy these days i've found joy and self-acceptance in my life yeah it is a vibe you do have a vibe like uh, when i when i come down you know it's just chilled relaxed and, and an enjoyable time you know yeah. i mean first three hours are pretty intense always I got I got to check on you. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. That's good, man. You know, then I'm fucking driving home on three hour drive, questioning myself fucking the next day. But you know what? Like people don't realize, like if I get pretty intense, I'm really intrigued mm-hmm. because I'm learning too. Yeah, and like, and if you come to that state of like coming with me and answering the questions and and going deeper, I'm going deeper within me, mm-hmm. and I'm learning what you're learning, and teaching each other yep um that's really exciting it's good eh? i love it we're actually been um we've done i think we've done a hike down there what was it royal national park yeah, yeah incredible place yeah fucking beautiful what man. did i say we'll just go for a walk yeah yeah so after the boat ride what was it 35k later <laughs> <laughs> fucking and you three look, degree burns from the sun yeah you had a hat on in the wrong position yeah i did yeah. i did but um Incredible place, man. Incredible national park down there, down south, down near Cronulla. Never, um, pretty sheltered, mate, myself. But yeah, I've never, I never even heard of it, you know, until we went there. Yeah, no, never. Those cliff faces and everything, man, were incredible. Yeah. Yeah, fucking beautiful scenery. Just a little south of Cronulla, you can go in the national park. Yep. Um, the place where we went. Bundina. Yep. And you can, you can walk down. Um, I've done the Otford to Bundina, which is like 30 Ks. Yep. Um, it's a really nice walk. Yeah, yeah, we definitely weren't prepared. I think we had like eight shots of coffee, no water, and just yeah. started hiking. Yeah. <laughs> so and we turned around when we stopped yakking about what three hours in. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it was it was fucking beautiful. Yeah. And um, then we made our trip up um, up north. We did. Um, we went up the Oluca, mm-hmm. seen seen the old boy Maui. Yeah. And um, and then uh, caught up with another another couple of mates up there at uh. Up at Lennox Head, Ballina area. That was fun, man. And then ended up in Nimbin. Yeah. The Mardi Gras. I had no idea. I'd tell people going to Nimbin and they'll, hey, good luck. I'm like, what are you talking about? What is this place? And it's unique. <laughs> it's unique. There's nothing With a like capital it. U. There's nothing like it in Australia. There's nothing like it anywhere in the world. Mm. It's Nimbin. It's Nimbin. Yeah. Yeah. So it just so happened like, um, you know, when we booked, we were going up to me dad's and, um, yeah, I booked, 
we booked that in and then um i rang chapa yeah. um you know touch base chapa i said you know bro like good to catch up if you want to come down to Waluka, we'll do a potty and and all that and you know i said i'm coming up with one of the boys and um yeah, and then he reached back out, like, I think the next day, and he's like, oh, bro. He said, that's the Nimbin Mardi Gras uh, weekend. And um, so um, I'm saying Mardi Gras, too, with uh, G-R-A-S-S, too. Um, so it's it's their annual weed festival where they, um, they rally and march to make uh, marijuana legal uh, in in Australia. So there's uh, it's a big event. Well big for up there anyway it's yeah. um it's quite well was, there was a decent crowd yeah, what were you reckon like two three thousand yeah yeah, yeah. and um it's one place where the movement starts or it, <laughs> i don't know what it does but it um look it's just one strip too yeah. um incredible food up there yeah <laughs> ironic yeah, that it? isn't it i know hey right? Everything weed capital of australia good food secondary smoke yeah but um it was an experience, and and I tell you, like, and I and I, when I tell people like that, I went up there. That road, um, I mean, sure, we had a lot. Of, we've had a lot of rain just before we went up there, but you know, the whole north coast on the drive up was green. On the drive back was green, but that that road in was fucking incredible, man. Yeah. Like it was rich. Yeah, it was as green as I could ever, yeah. you know, have ever seen any sort of co- uh, coastal sort of grass and hills and um just rich lush and beautiful like with those roads where the trees were just overgrown and and covering the road and you're just like going through a tunnel of trees and that sort of thing man it was um yeah it was incredible and and nimbin itself was an eye-opener you know like these these marches that had this maybe six meter long eight meter long big blow up joint that they rally through the main street and everyone cheese free the weed free the weed and uh, i'm like wow what's happening up here you know and then um and then when uh old mate was down the end i don't know if you've seen it old mate was like the the leader of the hemp industry and uh, yeah. um, you know and he's up there on the mic screaming free the weed and then i just seen like all these things getting thrown in the air yeah like you know like you see like at a footy they're throwing out free hats or whatever and they were just throwing out joints like there was like it was blunt confetti it, it was <laughs> blunt confetti man it was incredible like i couldn't believe it i'm like what's going on here and the, you know the police turned a blind eye to it and um the vibe was good there was you know not once do you feel uncomfortable with that amount of people there um there was no bad energy yeah. Um, I'm a big believer that people carry a lot of energy around their body. You know, you can walk into a pub and if someone's pissed and angry, you pick that vibe up straight away. That's so, contagious. yeah, it is. And so I'm a big, big believer in that. And um, the energy around there was just vibe, man. It was good, chilled, mellow, happy, you know. Do you know the best thing for me? What's that? Because I'm a procrastinating perfectionist. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll procrastinate about this ongoing perfectionism that I need something to be perfect for me to progress with <coughs> Excuse me. and actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. And then I don't do anything about it and I eventually just keep chipping away at one thing. When we went up there and met Jacko and Chapo and Sammy and that, they had multiple things going at the same time and they were really doing different things. And that was quite inspiring for me. Um, and really start actioning different things in my life at multiple times um instead of just 
putting all my time and intention into one thing that might not work. Yep. Um, embracing failure and learning from trying new things. Um, you know, they had a f- few things going at the same time. Crazy. And a couple of those things are exceptional um, oh. lines of business, but also line of service. Yeah. And oh. what they're doing to give back. I think it was, it was quite inspiring. Mate, incredible. You know, like, you know I've only known Chapo since New Year's. Mm. And um, he's a go-getter, man. Yeah. Chases it. Yeah. Doesn't stop, yep. you know. Yeah. And enjoys himself on the weekends, you know. Yep. Lives it to the fullest, his weekends. But yep. fuck, man, Monday morning comes around, it's, it's boom. That switch is back on and it's go time, you know. Even when we were up there and um, we, we were all at the pub and we caught up with the Greens MP. Yeah. Uh, and having that chat you know and man it was time to deliver man like yeah. bro chapo was like mellow as fuck that whole morning man and then when it was time to deliver boom that switch just flicked and yep. he delivered man yeah, he mic dropped it didn't he mic dropped it yeah. and me and you like we looked at each other yeah. and we just nodded like yo like, yeah what he said yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah like yeah but we just looked at each other like yeah man like fucking yeah. wow like you know isn't it powerful when people uh, find what they're passionate in and and and, and become it Oh, um, incredible! There's such a joy and a, and a you know, like a, an energy about it, where someone's doing what they're really passionate about. Uh, it's there, like like you hear. It's not work, and you've seen that with no, chap. You know, it's not work. No. Boys are just mopping out the garage. Then I got a yeah. picture of the new setup in the garage. You yeah. know, with their big whiteboard, they're planning it out. They you know, flow charting it. Yeah. yeah, man, it's um. He does so many cool things that he's not a show off. Yep. Just authentically cool. Mm-hmm. That's different. And he's making change. Yeah. Through the education system. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's keep hanging out with people like that. Yeah, I love it. I knew you'd vibe with them, man. <laughs> I knew you'd vibe. Like, so. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of our, like we were speaking about earlier in the podcast, that, you know, all of our trauma comes from other humans, but all of our healing comes from nature and other humans. And experiencing new people, new energy allows you to be a newer version of yourself. And to meet new people is very exciting these days. You hear their story. Where are you going? What are you doing? Can we go together? I'm going that way too. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And it's really exciting. Because now you're venturing off with new energy, new experience, new moments and memories. Yep. It is, man. It is beautiful. Yep. That's something, you know, I think we mentioned like last night when we were all out for dinner and that. Like, I... um. You know, I don't have a huge amount of like friends. Like I try and try and keep that circle small, but like I, I like the people that are in it um, offer a lot. Mm. You know, not only to myself but to the world, to other people. Mm. And you know, you want to have that good, that good connection of friends. Um, yeah, I don't need to have a vast variety of different groups of friends or anything to enjoy my life. Like I'm comfortable. You know, yeah. doing me, being me, and and having a small connection of friends because you know what they offer input wise not only for myself but their self but for others um, that i introduce them to is um huge so yeah it's uh <coughs> i love it man it's good but north going north man every time i got my dad's or you know that sort of thing man there's just some energy that's up there that you just come back and you're just inspired it's the greatest show in the world it's life it is it is it's so entertaining it's uh it's it's a good ride you know um where it is a roller coaster you know there's ups there's downs there's loop the loops yeah you know there's curveballs it's uh so we're talking about wanting to do 
like a a potential ayahuasca experience yes talk about why you would like to do that for you um and what it is what is ayahuasca yeah cacti yeah it's a plant um so we've done i've done some sussing out to see if it's something to do here in australia um and it's i'd probably have to pass on doing it here too many mixed reviews um so i'm not too sure and i think with the actual experience of ayahuasca um where you go in and you go to the dream world you know you go into these different states in your mind i think um needs to be well i don't think it does need to be done in a correct way um so i think we go to peru we'll do a trip there um and see a shaman yeah. and you know the the ayahuasca journey isn't just uh you drink the ayahuasca and you and you have that one experience through the day it is like a it is a process the three four five it could be a week um where you go twice or three times and do it um you know and they will they will play certain music at certain frequencies to yeah. put you into a state and the shaman will guide you there but um for me it's um trying to connect my inner self with actual like the ground and the earth and um i I feel it will bring something to my attention that i'm unaware of at the moment um that i feel like i'm seeking but i don't know what i'm seeking so i feel like if i can go on this journey that something will happen i think what really want makes me want to do it is the unknown of it Mm. i feel like i'm very comfortable internally with myself and with my mind um and i don't have uh, i don't know what the right word is i just you know i feel i feel you it's not for everyone i feel if you go in with the wrong mind state it can be a very dangerous thing to do Mm. Um, i feel i'm very open and very connected with my thoughts and emotions where i am in life right now that i'm ready to surrender to that journey and Mm. what will be is what will be from it so it's good when you get to that point of like being able to self-regulate and be okay that a profound spiritual experience will enable you to have a a bigger perception of of you and in the world yeah um i'm a big believer in psychedelics um used appropriately um in the right environment um their ability to give you perception and experience things in a whole different uh, mindset is really powerful it's another form of detachment and experiencing the world for what it truly is this this energy source um and to experience life that's so abundant around us that we don't notice every day and you have this experience and everything comes to life and you actually get off yourself and after the experience there's this feeling of oneness i don't know how, what the feeling will be after ayahuasca i think there's a little uh, quiet time i think there'll be a good <laughs> day or two of quiet time after it to be honest don't talk to me yeah don't ask me deep questions i was a bit aggressive <laughs> please <laughs> please but um that would be yeah look I, I am keen on that you know um but then on the other hand i guess too like uh you know like 
where we're at with this world, where we're at at the moment with this COVID and everything, and um, and then the um, the AstraZeneca, you know, uh, vaccine or whatever it's called that they you know they want us to jab. Um, if I have to jab the fly, I don't think I'm going to fly to be honest. So Fair enough. that's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Um, so as much as I want to do that, the reality of it is, I'm pretty sure that you're going to have to be vaccine to fly. Um, that's where the world will head, and I ain't gonna do it. So yeah. maybe I'm stranded on on motherland here for the rest of my life. Uh, so wait till I buy a ticket. You'll be there. No, no, I will not get vaccinated. Oh wow. Mm. Okay. Um, too many things, man. You know, guy at work, his uh, his mother, sorry, step uh, mother-in-law, um, had it, had a stroke. Yeah, went home, got numbness, soreness, went to bed, couldn't move, couldn't talk, weed the bed, um, yeah, then had a stroke. It's really sad that we need to um, come to this level of acute medicine and vaccines mm-hmm. when the answer is building your immune system and being... Um, healthy. Really healthy. That's it. And having a lot of... Having uh, a good nutrition. Yeah. And... Um, Good relationship. And I've said that before and I've said it to people, you know, in conversation and the worst thing about it is these mainstream medias have a fucking job to do and they don't report that. They don't drive that home, you know what I mean? They just create fear. They've got a lot to answer for. A lot. Yeah. Mm. But I think it's really exciting that a lot of people are jumping on the bandwagon in this movement and actually, um, and I think that's the biggest gift that COVID's given the world is to align all of our priorities together yep and revalue what's important to us the real information will come out and whatever that is mm. but the, one of the biggest things is like what are you doing to be healthy and well yeah and more importantly how unhealthy are you <coughs> says the man that just coughed yeah right yeah um well yeah and and you got to be truthfully honest with yourself mm-hmm. you know and um just gotta start moving yeah. You know, when you got to start introducing good foods and, and that's hard, um, yeah. you know, when you eat shit, you just crave more shit because yeah. of all the additives, the sugar, all that sort of stuff in it, your body just craves it, man. You know? Like heroin, just give me more, give me more, give me more, you know. Like I got a chocolate bar delivered to work through a supplier and I just like nibbled a bit. And <coughs> I had all intentions to share it with everyone and I ate the whole thing. Got it. Fucking sent it straight down. So... <clears throat> Yeah, it's just yeah, um, and but now like, you know, eating so healthy for so long, when I do eat shit food, mm-hmm. um, whatever that may be, man, I I just notice the impact it has on me so much, you know. But when I used to just constantly eat shit food, you just did not notice, you know. You'd I was always going back to back with bad meals. Yeah, and that's where it gets you. I can have a bad meal every now and then, and my body just chews it up or yeah. spits it out. Yeah, but you, you. <coughs> notice it right like you might get a bit less motivated yep. bit, yep. um not as sharp in your head yep. very uh, lethargic yeah very man so i think like and it's going back to connecting the dots what we we're talking about before with the mind stress and anxiety depression are running rampant um a lot of people are comfortable saying they've got anxiety these days or they've got depression where we're kind of getting close to actually naming our thought process of the future or 
or yep. process of the past or trying to claim an identity based on our past. But it all creates stress because we're searching for certainty in our minds and we're stressed. So it creates inflammation, chronic disease, and our compulsion to fix it through substance. Mm-hmm. Food, carbs, sugars, like you were saying. Yep. Um, but phone, technology addiction, big one. It's the worst, man. Mm. It's the worst. Yeah. You can have it. It's not for me. Well, oh, you <laughs> say it. Say it. No. Mad dog. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Appreciate it. Yeah. Nah, but um, like when you asked last night, you're like, how do I feel off it? Like, you're just, mm. just a lot less free. Like, I don't have, you know what I mean? Anything like, I don't know, there was just sort of something, I can't name it, I don't know how to name it, um, but there was just something when I had social, there was like that, whether it was anxiety or something, if you see people doing better than you and that sort of thing, you feel like you're just getting, you know, what am I doing, where am I needing to be, that sort of internal voice is in your head, and um, just not having it, it's good, it's healthy, and um, when you see people, man, like you have a better conversation with them, um, yeah. you know, like for instance, <clears throat> you know, if I've seen your story and you're at the snow, for you know two three days and you know every you're putting stories up all the time if we caught up man i'd only briefly ask you about the snow because i pretty much know what you did well who was that person in the background drinking that thing on that on that thing you posted yeah that's the type of conversation yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. whereas um now i'm like what have you been up to i went to the snow oh what slopes did you hit mm. oh yeah how long were you there for like you know the conversation you have a lot more like i don't know anything you know everyone knows what everyone's doing you know yeah, yeah fuck that such a different relationship to me on what it. I have on social media. Yeah. So I've got my old Facebook, which is Kyle Reed, but I've got my vibes, new, but I've got my new Instagram, which is vibe vibe coach underscore K. What a plug! So, ha, oh, that was a good plug uh, in there, bro. Very intentional. High fives. Thanks. Thumbs up. Uh, pound it. Yes. So, but what I'm trying to get at is that I'm building a brand and a version of me on Instagram that expresses himself. Um, with the things I've learned yep. and what I do day to day in a sense of giving back and building that, building that brand, which is I think different to what a lot of people are using social media for. So if you're using it for your own personal um, expression of your life, you gotta be careful that you're not expressing this perfect person or this crazy party person or this beautiful person. It's not real. There's groups, right? There's niches. They all fit yeah. into these categories. Yeah. And mm. then you're portraying yourself um, a false sense of self. And so then you've got to keep up with that false sense of self. So how do you feel when you're not on your phone? Imperfect? Worthless? Unlovable? What's going to fix it? I'll just go back onto my perfection version of me. Mm-hmm. See what comments I've and got, go, see what likes I've got. And I'll go identify with that. And maybe I'll put a sexy picture up and people can love me even more. Get that quick rush. Yeah. The feeling of love. Yeah. And it's, it's scary because it's an open platform. You can do and portray yourself in any light. Yep. Um, and it's pretty scary. Very. But such a different relationship with me and social media and what you're currently going through. Was. Interesting. How long you got left? Hey. How long you got left? I'll be 12 months. There's no time frame on it now. Oh. If I want to go back on, I'll go back on. But I have no intention. 
You keep trying to weed it out, don't you, bro? You've come a long way on your own. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I I enjoy it, man. You know, like I, I'm i here, man. I'm on fucking planet Earth and enjoying the present moment. You know, mm. If I go to a, you know, a concert, I'm going to be one person sitting there enjoying the moment, watching him, not watching it through a fucking phone. Yeah. You know, that's what I'll be doing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all good. I like that. Mm. I like that. Be present. That's be present I, a lot more. Let your mind be bored. Mm. See what you come up with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Fuck. You might be a bit creative. Mm. Might learn something new. You, know, you might take up, you know, a guitar. You might take up something else. You don't know. Creativity. It's endless. Yeah, it's so important. It is. I think we've lost. I think children can teach us so much. A child's ability to be creative with the limited resources that they have is inspiring. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, you know, you give them a spade, they'll find sand. You know, you give them a toy and they'll play with it for hours. Yep. And it'll become many different things. We lose our ability to be creative, unfortunately, in, in society, the way it's set up in the schooling system, because we get told what to learn and we have to regurgitate that knowledge. <clears throat> and it's got nothing to do with learning how to express yourself or learn anything about yourself um, in a predominant way. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Look, look, look I I'm not sure why I needed to dissect a frog. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> <laughs> not helped me in life one bit. Mate, the reality is with <laughs> wherever, wherever anyone's at, wherever anyone's at, it didn't take you a day to get here. But you created this version of you. No one made you the person you are today. This is how you've learned. But you can create your way out of it. Just do something new. Like I said before, find someone that's got what you want. Fucking ask them. And do the suggested thing. But be creative. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I'll end it here. We'll end it with that. Beautiful. All right? Yeah. All right, my man. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate you. Thanks, Thanks for driving up. Thanks for coming out last night. All Thanks right. for the cold dip. Uh, hey, thanks, brother. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate you, man. Cheers to uh, friendships. Yeah. Good times. Send it. And that little children in us. <laughs> Peace, guys. Two hours.